Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Final hour of the Fan Afternoon Show underway along with Sam Schmitz. We are broadcasting live from the Lakeland University studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Also, make sure to keep it tuned to the Fan Afternoon Show in a couple minutes here. We'll also be giving you guys another shot for four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. But before we do just that, got to continue to talk. There's a lot to talk about with Packers training camp underway, even though it is day two. And no one better to talk about it with than Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers and co-founder of the Leap Newsletter. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. He joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Peter, appreciate the time. How are you doing this afternoon? I am so glad that there is actual football back that we can talk about. Not hypothetical football, not theoretical football, actual on-field football. God bless. You, you and me both, Peter. I mean, I know we always can't make much of the, you know, training camp reps and all that. But like you just said, I'm so, I'm itching for football and it's hard not to make a big deal because I just cannot wait for the Packers this season, even though there are a lot of question marks going into this season, especially on the offensive side of the ball for the Green Bay Packers, Peter. And I guess the main story of yesterday's training camp was David Bakhtiari, who, look, when he went on the pup list to begin training camp, we all kind of figured because in order to be activated from the pup list in training camp. You have to be on there. But on top of that, we learned yesterday from Brian Gutekinds that he also underwent another procedure. I mean, we're talking yesterday. When do you expect David Bakhtiari back? Do you expect him to be ready to go for week one? But at this point, Peter, I can't assume anything with David Bakhtiari. I think that's that's the right way to look at it. I mean, we're talking about Matt LaFleur saying, I, I, I don't even deal in timelines anymore because of what this has done. And, and I, I made the point a number of times since he said it now, which was a couple of days ago, that um, you're, excuse me, in the spring, that, that, you know, Matt LaFleur said in the spring, we expect him for training camp, but we expected him last year. And that is one of those things where like, maybe don't say that Matt LaFleur. Right. <laughs> it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence um, in, in really in any of this process. You know, I, I, there's, I don't think there's any blame to go around. That's the thing about this is it's just one of those really unfortunate situations. And, and, and Bakhtiari has been really transparent about the process. He's been really open about, hey, this is what's been going on. 
the fluid in the knee was a big deal. There was there was more damage done in week 17. And, and Brian Gideon said um, earlier this week that this was more than an ACL. Now, he wasn't willing to specify what that more was. Uh, and, and I think that, it, you know, adds in a little bit, a layer of, of the unknown here. Um, but at the same time, he said, he spoke with reporters, and he said that he feels really good about where he is, feels much better than he did uh, this time last year, which I think is, is telling. And at this point, he doesn't really have a reason to lie to us about it. I mean, he doesn't really have, because he has experienced the last 19 months. He knows that this has been a long process. He doesn't have any reason to lie to himself either. So, you know, he had the, the cryptic Instagram post with the hourglass on it. And, and that, I think that signaled to a lot of people, oh, it's getting close to be time. We haven't seen him out there doing rehab stuff, which is interesting. But at the same time, you know, I, I, think, I think the expectation can still be week one with the caveat that, uh, we can't be sure about it yet. I think you can expect something, but like it's like 60%. You know, like I expect something to happen. It's sort of like when the when the meteorologist said that there's a 60% chance for rain. Like there's a better chance than not <laughs> for rain, but it's not it's not a it's not a guarantee. That's a good way of putting it with the whole meteorologist thing. But I mean, you're right because even if he is ready to go for week one, now it's it's hard for me and I, I know Packers fans too not to assume that. Well, okay, if he plays this game, what's to say the thing that happened last year after Detroit doesn't happen again where all of a sudden it's knee fluid and all that. But, I mean, we were talking about it yesterday. It was our topic even before we discovered that Dave Bakhtiari suffered another procedure. But going into this season, I think the obvious thing is for fans to say is they're more worried about the wide receivers going into the season. But now I think it's clearly number one should be the offensive line because on top of Bakhtiari – you're waiting for Elton Jenkins to come back, and based on Bakhtiari's recovery, I, I don't think I can assume anything with Elton Jenkins. And I like John Runyon. I like Josh Myers. I like Josh Neisman. I like a lot of these guys in the Packers' offensive line, but let's say Bakhtiari and Jenkins aren't ready to go. You know, Obviously, Jenkins won't be back until like later halfway through the season, but if Bakhtiari's not ready to go and you lose one of these guys that are supposed to be the backups, I mean, I think, I don't know about you, Peter, between the wide receivers and the offensive line, I think the O-line is definitely the more worrisome position group on the Packers. Well, uh, a couple things here. I, I don't think we should draw conclusions based on David Bakhtiari's recovery with Alan Jenkins' recovery, if for no other reason than Alan Jenkins is considerably younger, um, and his injury um, is it, it's just going to be a different situation because he was just an ACL, at least to our understanding. So it, it was not as severe, we don't think, as what David Bakhtiari went through. He seems to be doing really, really well in rehab. The Packers seem to be thrilled with where he is. Um, and, and he's actually in the rehab groups with guys who aren't coming off serious injuries. Um, and, and it was big Bob Tunyon, by the way, he seems, he, he is all set to be ready for week one, which would be pretty remarkable, a, a 10 month recovery window for him, if that is in fact the case. So, uh, I, I, I just, I would, I would caution you and, and your listeners, uh, of connecting those two, but I understand the, the caution that you're exercising there, certainly having been burned before. But I think your main point is right, uh, that right now this offensive line is thin. And it's being proven out with the way that they're having to shuffle these guys. And Matt LaFleur said they basically had to end practice early because they didn't have enough guys. Uh, Cole Van Lannan, who was getting right tackle snaps in the spring, is now on the second team. 
Royce Newman was out there yesterday at right tackle with the first team, and then today it was Yash Nyman, and then you had you had Zach Tom, the rookie from Wake Forest, day three pick. He's out there at left tackle with the ones, um, getting some run at at offensive tackle. Um, Sean Ryan is competing at guard right now. I think one of the reasons why you haven't seen Sean Ryan at tackle, which is where he played at UCLA, is because they want him to compete at guard. I, I'm, I would not be that concerned about the offensive line because Elton Jenkins is going to come back sooner than later. So if he's back by even Halloween, you're in pretty good shape. The, the problem with the receiver group is you don't know if any of those guys can carry the load the way Devontae Adams did. You know when Elton Jenkins comes back, he's going to be a stud. We know John Runyon Jr. and Josh Myers are quality offensive linemen. And for whatever struggles Royce Newman had last year, if he loses that job, it's going to be to someone who is presumably better. Um, and you hope he takes a, a step in year two. If David Bakhtiari doesn't come back, let's say, God forbid, we know Yash Nyman is a quality offensive lineman. We saw it last year in, a, in a, what ended up being a pretty big sample size. I thought it ended up being a pretty big mistake, in fact, that he wasn't out there in the playoffs. I said that at the time. I said it ahead of time that I thought he should be the guy out there. But uh, the offensive, the, the receiver room is just not like that. We just don't know if any of these guys can actually help carry an offense or what that offense looks like. So I understand your point, and I understand the depth questions. I think it's a bigger, it's a bigger question mark right now with the, with the receiver room. The difference is the receivers the last two days have balled out. Romeo Dubs looks like a real player. And that's without Christian Watson even being out there. Alan Lazard has had a really strong start to camp. Um, and, and so, and, and Mario Rogers looks like he's poised for a bounce back season off a disappointing rookie year. So, it, it, I, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I personally think the receiver question is a bigger one right now. Yeah, I don't think there's really a wrong answer on that, you know, between the wide receivers and offensive line, but it's just so fascinating because obviously without Devontae Adams, there's going to be, you know, Everyone's got pretty much got the spotlight on him, and one of those guys. What we what we do know is is that if the offensive line is healthy, yeah, there are no question marks. That's the difference for me. Yeah. So like if if Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are healthy, that is an elite top five type offensive lineman or offensive line group. That's not the case at receiver. If everyone is healthy, we still have a lot of questions about what that group is going to be. And I think to me, that's the difference in terms of where I'm trying to, to zero in my energy or certainly where I'm trying to zero in my worry mm-hmm. is on a, on a group that if they are healthy, we still have question marks about the offensive line is not that fortunately for the Packers. Totally agree with you. And once again, we're talking to Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers and co-founder of the Leap Newsletter. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. And one of those question marks in that wide receiver room, and like you said, was getting some high praise from Aaron Rodgers and putting out a good performance in training camp so far as Alan Lazard and that was actually a big topic today, too. We were kind of talking about expectations, like stat-wise, too, especially because, you know, obviously it, it seems like, you know, he can live up to, he has the tools almost to be that number one target for the Packers. But stat-wise, I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't know about you, Peter, like 80 receptions, close to 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns. But I just wonder if eventually, you know, Christian Watson or some of these other guys will become that top target. And Aaron Jones is going to probably be even utilized more than he ever has been. How do you see this passing game kind of working out for the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, that's that's the thing that that I think is so hard to predict at this point because what we've seen Matt LaFleur willing to do in situations where he does not have that topic so matchup driven. 
it is so much about what you need to do that. And, and you go back, you hear the seven and zero number and, and everything that goes with that and, and winning without Devontae Adams. Um, there was a, a great number from next gen stats that the Packers offense with Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers on the field at the same time was 0.22 EPA per play, which is better than it was with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on the field. And that actually with Devontae Adams off the field, um, the offense and Aaron Rodgers on the field, the offense got better. Whereas with Alan Lazard off the field and Aaron Rodgers on the field, um, the offense got worse. Now, does that mean that, that Alan Lazard is going to be Devontae Adams and that he's more important than Devontae Adams? Of course it doesn't. But what it says is that this Packers offense has found a way to make it work and that Alan Lazard is a critical piece in that. So I, I, I kind of want to eschew the statistical projection part of it because he's going to be more valuable to this offense than he has ever been, and it's not close. I think the biggest question with him is can he stay healthy? Because when he was poised with, with Devontae Adams' injury back in 2020 to have a big season, he comes out and he crushes it in that Saints game, but then he gets hurt. And he's, he's just never really been able to stack the sort of success that you would expect his talent. His talent is unquestioned, and it is not undrafted free agent talent. And Aaron Rodgers has been talking about it. He said it again today at his locker. Alan Lazard has been turning heads since day one in Green Bay because he's 6'4", 6'5", he's 215, 220, and he runs 4'5". He can go up, he can, he can block guys out and get rebounds. He is a an MF as a blocker. I almost got you in trouble and said the real thing. No, I don't blame um, you. <laughs> and so, he, like Matt Lafleur calls him a goon. I mean, that is the key. He's, he's a hockey goon. He's an enforcer. And if if he can stay healthy for 17 games, I think he is poised for a monster season. I tweeted this out yesterday. I said, "You are not high enough on Al Nazard." Yeah. The end. And uh, Toby Altizer and Bart Winkler of our morning show need to get on that hype train, right, Peter? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and uh, we 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 need to we need to make that change. And I've been I've been on Al Lazard as a player for for a long time. Going back to Iowa State, I thought he was just unbelievable there. Um, it was really a bad Senior Bowl um, that that torpedoed his his NFL prospects. Um, ended up going undrafted. I, I think he was probably a three to five round kind of guy like third round fifth round somewhere in there had he gone out and not been so poor on the senior bowl i think that made people question is he a receiver is he tight end because he looks slow and it was because he was hurt you watch him at iowa state that was not an issue um and and you watch him now it's not an issue he is very clearly a receiver he he can beat guys over the top the question is where is that route running um and and what can that be i think i think that the advanced numbers this is one of those great opportunities we see this in basketball all the time right a reserve comes in and he can score 15 points a game. He shoots 40% from three and you go, okay, if you move into the starting lineup, what does that look like? Can he maintain that efficiency when he's not going up against bench units? Well, in 2019, um, Al Lazard broke out in 2020. He had some of his, some elite efficiency, according to football outsiders. Um, one of the best in defense adjusted value over average, one of the best in defense um, adjusted yards above replacement. And that was among guys who had fewer than 50 targets. Okay. Increase that usage in 2021. He was elite, even in the group of 50 more targets, even though he didn't have very many more than 50. So can he maintain, let's say he gets a hundred targets this year. He catches 75% of them, which is about what he does. And he goes 75 for, you know, 10, 50 and, and eight or 10 touchdowns. 
that's a really good player. That's a really useful player for the Packers. And, and that is someone who is a more than capable number one option, better than, if you look at the numbers from last year, better than, you know, 10, 15 teams, better than half the league last year, better than their number one was. So I think he has that kind of ability. And that, and that is not just like Monday morning quarterbacking sort of in reverse where, okay, let's just take this guy and gas him up. I've been gassing Al Lazard for five years going back to Iowa State. So this is, this is not new territory for me. Right. I am really excited to get to see him this year. It'll be very interesting to see what Al Lazard does as the top target for the Packers going into the season. But moving over, last one for you here, Peter. And once again, we're talking to Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers on the Leap newsletter. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, obviously it's great to have Rasul Douglas back on the roster. Now the Jair's going into a healthy season and Eric Stokes on the roster as well. But how do you see or who do you see, I guess, kind of stepping into that slot corner role for the Green Bay Packers? I think a lot like um, you know what, what I was saying with the offense being being matchup driven, and I sort of got on an Al Lazard tangent there. I apologize. I just uh, no, it was I, good. Uh, I really like I really like Al Lazard. Um, I think it's going to be matchup driven, and I think there are going to be weeks when it's going to be Jair Alexander, in, you know, in a you know in a matchup theoretically with the Vikings, for example, where they're going to put Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen in the slot a bunch. Um, and then there are going to be weeks when Russell Douglas is more than capable of, of handling that responsibility. I actually really like Russell Douglas in that role. And I know that seems weird in a, a sort of modern football sense because we think of these nickel corners, these slot guys, as having to, to handle these shifty slot receivers. That's not really the profile of the guy that's playing in the slot right now in the NFL. Last year, Al Nazard played – 15 to 20% of his snaps in the slot. Um, Cooper Cup is one of the best two or three receivers in the league, and he plays the majority of his snaps in the slot. He's 6'2", 210. The bigger slot receiver has become something that has been more in vogue. You don't, there's no, like, where are the Wes Welkers? Where are the, the Julian Edelmans? Those guys aren't really the guys in the slot anymore. You have to deal with Chris Godwin. You have to deal with Devontae Adams reduced down inside. You have to deal with, with these bigger-bodied receivers. Now, not big-body receivers, but bigger than we're traditionally used to in the slot. And so I think that's why we're seeing more of these three safety looks, especially in college when it comes to dealing with spread offenses. Now we're seeing it more in the pros. And Russell Douglas is essentially a third safety. He gets to read and react, which is what he's best at. He gets to use his eyes and, and, and play spot drop when he needs to. And then he can break on the ball underneath, which is what he is so good at. You don't necessarily need him turning and running with these guys because that's just not the, the route tree that you're seeing from the slot. It, it is also not the kind of you know little whip route, option route stuff that, that the Patriots made so popular and the, and the Colts with Peyton Manning and then in Denver where, where you're just, you're just going to eat up these, these bigger corners or, or safeties even. It's just not the world we live in anymore. And so I think he is the perfect fit in there. But at the same time, as I said, there are going to be matchups. You know, the Bills are another great example with Stephon Diggs. They're going to put him in the slot. And you're going to want to have Jair Alexander on him. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you're going to put him in the slot. The Bears with Darnell Mooney could be another guy. The Cowboys, they play the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb is going to play a bunch of, uh, of slot reps. And you probably want more opportunities to get Jair Alexander on him there, especially against um, – teams that are going to attack you vertically from the slot. That's where you want someone like Jair Alexander there. But they, but they can be so multiple. 
Um, and, and even teams that have big tight ends. I think you might even see someone like Darnell Savage get some run in that, in that nickel role, um, especially with the way Sean Davis has, has played, maybe in some three safety looks. You can, you can throw Darnell Savage out there as well. Um, just a, an interesting wrinkle against some of these teams. That is Peter Bukowski. Make sure to check out Locked, Locked on Packers, which you can find on your Odyssey app. Make sure to also check out the Leap newsletter and follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Peter, always appreciate the time, and I'm sure we'll talk again before week one. All right, thanks. No problem. That was Peter Bukowski. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe, and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience the state of bankability. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. We'll take a quick break. We'll do a little pick a lane here before we talk to David Gasper, talk some Milwaukee Brewers at 530. But also, after the break, it is your chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. We'll do pick a lane. We'll tell you the details after this on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is The Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sam Schmitz filling in this afternoon. Before we get to David Gasper at 530, talk Milwaukee Brewers, it is time for your chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Listen to the afternoon show now through Wednesday, August 3rd for your chance to win four tickets to the 2022 Wisconsin State Fair going on from Thursday, August 4th through Sunday, August 14th at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Go to wistatefair.com for more details. So as you guys know, or if you're just tuning in now, it is time for Pickling. We'll reset all the topics real quick. I know we have a short segment. We'll talk about, you know, do the Pickling topics also after we talk with David Gasper. But if you're just tuning in now, let me quickly reset the topics for you guys. Our first topic of the day was, do you believe Alan Lazard can be the top wide receiver for the Packers going forward for the rest of the season? Also want to get your thoughts on what Alan Lazard's going to do this season stat-wise. And our other topic, it was big deal or no big deal this Brewers offense and how they've been performing. Are you buying it? Are you kind of agreeing with what the other players have said about them changing their approaches? What are you seeing from this Brewers offense going forward for the rest of the second half of the season? 414-677-1250. Once again, new phone number here at 1250 and the fan. 414-677-1250. Caller number seven is going to be our lucky winner for four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. So once again, right now, make sure to call into 414-677-1250 and you'll have a chance to win for free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Now talking about the Green Bay Packers and Alan Lazard, I pretty much agree with Pete, but at the end of the day, Peter Bukowski, who we were talking to a couple minutes ago, but at the end of the day, I'm sort of in the middle between where Toby Altizer lands on Alan Lazard and where Peter Bukowski lands on Alan Lazard because I do think Alan Lazard is definitely due for a big upgrade in production and stuff like that as well, but... I do think at the end of the day, I think Alan Lazard's a great player, and I think he'll be great for the Green Bay Packers this year. But when you look at number, you look at number one wide receivers across the league, he's just not a Justin Jefferson. He's not a Jamar Chase. Like when you rank the number one wide receivers in the NFL on their teams across the league, Alan Lazard's probably going to be right around 15, middle of the package. That might be even generous. So it's kind of interesting. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that as well. 414-677-1250. Want to get your guys' thoughts if you are the winner as well for our free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. And make sure to also listen to The Morning Show is also giving away four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets every day, Monday through Friday, until August 3rd, um, here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Once again, 414-677-1250, your free chance to win four Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Need your guys' thoughts on this for pick a lane, not just getting on the phone and then hanging up. We want you guys to actually talk and give your thoughts on Alan Lazard. It can be the Brewers offense. It could be our draft mockery. It could be anything at the end of the day. So we'll see what happens. 
Let's get out to the phone lines. Didn't we get? Oh, okay. I guess he is the winner for today. He got on. Well, tell you what, I, Travin Brown Deer called in earlier today. So let's give somebody else a shot to win it. But um, I appreciate the phone call, Trav. But we usually only try to let people on usually just once a day. So we're still looking for our winner, 414-677-1250. Once again, got a couple minutes here before we get to David Gasper of reviewing the brew and the cold brew podcast as well. Once again, 414-677-1250. A lot of stuff that Peter brought up that made some really good points. We were talking about what concerns you more, the offensive line or the wide receivers, and he brought up a good point that even healthy, the Packers wide receivers still have a lot of question marks about them. And I, I, I completely get it, but I guess to combat that, you're hoping for Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari to come back, and you're hoping that those guys can be the same players going forward. But we shall see in the future but my whole thing is even though there's a lot of question marks surrounding some of these Packers wide receivers well at least you got some guys that you know can you that you can rely on and that will be there at least to start the season all right we do have our winner for the four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets for today once again if you missed out on today make sure to call in all the way until August 3rd here on 1250 a.m the fan during the afternoon show during the five o'clock hour and during the morning show as well. Real quick, before we get to David Gasper, Jack in Waterford is our winner for today. Jack, congratulations. what do you want to say here? Anything about the Packers or Brewers before we get to David Gasper? Oh no. I didn't touch anything, but it looks like Jack dropped off. That's unfortunate. All right, Adam, we're going to need one more winner. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I took Jack and then he dropped off. So still like, I guess we're still looking for our Wisconsin state fair winners. 414-677-1250. It is a new phone line here for 1250 AM, the fan. 414-677-1250. want to remind you guys to make sure to download the Odyssey app, and you'll never miss a moment on the fan again. With the free Odyssey app, you can download the fan afternoon show and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. All right, we got a winner this time. Mitch in Oak Creek. Mitch, you're our winner for the four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Congratulations. Anything you want to say about the Brewers and Packers? Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, I, I kind of agree with how it's all working uh, with the offensive line. I'm more worried about that than the wide receivers because Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to chuck that ball. They don't need to be athletic. He's going to put it on a dime. And uh, the Brewers, I think uh, that approach that Renfro and uh, Telez are talking about, I really like it. Got to keep it simple. Get on base. Take some walks, worry about the home runs. They'll come and uh, go crew. Mitch, I, I pretty much agree with you, and I appreciate the phone call. And once again, congratulations. We'll put you back on hold, and Adam will get your info, all right? Awesome. Thank you. No problem. And once again, a reminder to listen to 1250 AM, The Fan, and listen to the afternoon show and the morning show now through August Wednesday, or Wednesday, August 3rd, for your chance to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. Going on from August 4th through Sunday, August 14th at the Wisconsin State Fair Park, go to wistatefair.com for more details. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We'll talk some more brewers afterwards with David Gasper reviewing the brew and the cold brew podcast here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is the Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM. The Fan, Sam Schmidt's filling in this afternoon along with you. Adam Roberts as well on the other side of the glass. Going to talk Brewers here for a couple minutes before we dive back into Pickleland. To do that, we go out to the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. We bring in David Gasper, editor-in-chief of ReviewingTheBrew.com, as well as host of the Cold Brew Podcast, along with Matt Carroll. You can follow him on Twitter at DGasper24. David, appreciate the time. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Now, I know when we were talking yesterday and before we got you on that uh, you have a lot of experience. I didn't put two and two together until afterwards. I should have, but... I don't know. It happens sometimes. It is what it is. Uh, you used to work in lacrosse with our very own Adam Roberts, correct? That is very correct, yeah. So it's kind of funny. I didn't even think about it until afterwards, but we actually had uh, some of your other coworkers on earlier this this week on the Wendy's Big Show, and we kind of you know shared some stories along with Adam Roberts because at the end of the day, I mean, look, he is the new guy here. He's sort of still getting his rookie hazing from Leroy Butler, Gary Ellerson, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, but <laughs> – any insight that you can give us on who Adam Roberts is as a person? Because we're still trying to figure it out, to be honest, David. All right. So he, here's a story that uh, I, I think he gets uh, he gets very into. As you know, in lacrosse, one of the big uh, celebrations every year is Oktoberfest. Yep. Um, the yeah the, the the big Oktoberfest festival. So this was uh, I think uh, 2018 uh, at Oktoberfest. It was just getting started. Uh, I show up at, at the station at, at ESPN Lacrosse out there, and I walk in and I see Adam Roberts dressed in lederhosen and the checkered shirts and the high socks and the hat with the feather. He is in full German garb with with the lederhosen and everything celebrating his summer fest i still have a picture of it it's funny you bring that up david because i actually before adam roberts came here and i was trying to figure out who this guy is i found that exact picture <laughs> so i know what you're, i know what you're talking about it maybe we'll post it on 12:50 in the fan later on but yeah i mean that just kind of gives you a, a little example of who adam roberts is we love having him on the guys Leroy, gary they all love having him on, so I just thought that was funny. We'll give him a little bit of a time, you know, a chance to defend himself because right now he's talking with our winner for today's Wisconsin <laughs> State Fair ticket. So I don't want to, you know, just talk about him and then not give him a chance to defend himself. So we'll give him a little bit of the time to do that later on. But I do want to talk Brewers here, obviously, with you once again, talking with David Gasper of ReviewingTheBrew.com and the Cold Brew Podcast. Now, before we dive into the offensive performance from this six-game homestand, something that happened on Saturday. At that I am ecstatic about was that the Brewers were able to extend Aaron Ashby, kind of like what they did with Freddie Peralta a couple years ago. I mean, I don't think, obviously, David, a lot of our listeners and all that, they want to know what this means for Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff going forward. But the way I see it is just insurance either way. If they do keep Corbin and Brandon or one or the other, or they lose them, I mean, this is just a great thing for the Milwaukee Brewers to be able to lock up another young arm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we had an article go up on uh, on the site the other day about, uh, you know, what, what the Ashby extension means for Burnton Woodruff. And, I mean, really, in the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't mean – you know, much of anything in terms of their ability to extend uh, either of those two guys. And this was a very team-friendly deal, and I think the Bruce is kind of taking advantage uh, of a situation where Ashby was open to an extension. Uh, they were able to negotiate that with him and be, being able to get him signed at, you know, pretty team-friendly rates, you know, especially if he continues to perform the, the way the Brewers expect him to and develop the way the Brewers expect him to. Um, those, those are going to be very team-friendly salaries. Same thing with Freddie Peralta as well. So uh, it's great that they're able to lock him in. Um, and, you know, you're going to see Freddie Peralta and, and Aaron Ashby uh, in this rotation for years to come, regardless of what happens with Burns and, and Woodruff. You're going to see those two guys at the very least. And that's a very strong foundation. And, and at the salaries that they're getting, uh, it allows them to really kind of build around in other, other areas of the roster as well. Once again, talking with David Gasper of Reviewing the Brew, the Cold Brew Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at DGasper24 as well. And I know, David, you are the president of the Corbin Burns Cy Young hype train. <laughs> and the reason I bring up Corbin Burns is because yesterday, kind of a, a weird outing. I mean, at the end of the day, he did get roughed up in the second inning, gave up three runs. But at the end of his outing, I mean, he retires 14 of his final batters that he faced, including 13 in a row. But... I want to ask him, I feel like, and you hear after every outing of his, he feels like he can continue to get better and he still isn't at where he wants to be. I mean, it's kind of scary to think, but do you think there's still room for Corbin Burns to be even better than he is already this season? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with his drive and his work ethic and his desire to improve each and every single time. You know, I think there's a lot. You know, his walks have kind of jumped up a, a little bit this year. I mean, not still not that much. He's still at only 2.2 walks per nine. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to be satisfied until he's at, you know, zero walks per nine. I mean, dude, just, you know, his attention to, to detail and to process and, and to really just kind of maximizing his, his efficiency and, and what he's trying to do. Um, it, it's incredible. And I think there's so much more for him to, uh, you know, so much that he can still improve on and, and perfect. And, you know, there's only so much he really can't perfect in the game of baseball, but he's going to try. Uh, and that's really kind of led to all of his success so far. And it just makes him that much more of a dominant pitcher uh, every five days that he's out there on the mound. Now, diving into the offense, though, David, and Adam and I, we'd like to have a little bit of fun here on the Fan Afternoon Show. This is an old segment that Rami and I, myself used to do, but we brought it back for today because – I want to get fans' thoughts on the Brewers' offense in this little home game, you know, homestand six-game sample that we've had. And I realize it's not much to work with, but based on Hunter Renfro and Andrew McCutcheon's comments from Sunday, talking about how the team got together with the hitting coaches as well and have agreed that they've kind of needed to change their approach and kind of take what the other team gives them. But in order to do that, we brought back a little game here. It is deal or no deal, big deal or no big deal here on the afternoon show. So, you know, obviously just based on deal or no deal, the game show. But I did want to ask you, David, and we'll get the banker music here. Big deal or no big deal, the Brewers offense since the All-Star break and how they performed in this little six-game sample, are you are you kind of buying what they've changed or is it too early to tell, obviously? Uh, I'm going to go with big deal just because the Brewers players themselves have been saying that that, that meeting was, was a big deal for them and they've made some some changes. I mean, typically I don't, you know, try to, I try not to overreact to six game sample sizes, but 
you know, the players themselves have said this has made a difference. You know, they, they gave us some great information and, you know, we're making these adjustments and we're seeing some immediate, immediate results. So I'm going to go with the big deal. No, I agree. I mean, on top of that is they're just doing things. I always said too, since they returned from the all-star break and they've gone through this little homestand that it's one thing to talk the talk, but you actually got to walk the walk. And they've been doing just that on offense. But on top of that, Toby at Altizer, myself last week, we were talking about guys along with Matt Carroll, your co-host on the Cold Brew podcast, about guys who need to step up in the second half of the season and just get back to their normal selves, and that would be huge for this offense. Some of those guys were Luis Arias, Hunter Renfro, and Colton Wong. And I'm not sure if there's anybody else that we're missing, David, that you think kind of needs to get back, especially to their normal self. But I just think, on top of hopefully bringing in a bat, that if these guys get back to even close to the just their career batting average norms, that it's going to go a mile on top of what they just talked about, changing their approach at the plate. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think another one of those guys, I mean, Rowdy Telez has been in a, in a bit of a, you know, slump kind of in and out, but he is busted out of that in a big way the other day with his two, three run homers. So, I mean, he's another guy that um, if you can get more consistent offensive performance from him um, and kind of bumping up his numbers a little bit more, that, that'd be another huge help for this offense. And, you know, he seems well on his way to doing that as well. One thing, though, we were talking about just bringing in a bat and whether or not that was going to be enough. I just, you know, obviously Juan Soto's on the table, but I just don't think that's realistic for the Milwaukee (laughs) Brewers. Unfortunately, I hate to crush Brewers fans' dreams. But aside from Juan Soto, I mean, we obviously saw Andrew Benatendi. He's now on the move to the New York Yankees. But we hear Ramon Laureano, you know, maybe a Cedric Mullins, a Josh Bell, guys like that. Is there anybody that you have an eye on that you think might not by themselves, take the Brewers, get them over the hump on offense, but certainly help and could be a realistic option at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think there are, there are a couple of options. I know the Brewers are interested in Josh Bell. They're, they're invested in that market. And uh, same goes for Ramon Laureano. They're interested there. Um, but, I mean, there there's there's going to be some bats around there. And, you know, knowing David Stearns, it's probably going to be someone no one expected or thought of or even knew was on the trade market to begin with because that's just how we always – seems to go um but yeah there, there are going to be a number of of options out there um you know i think you know maybe trey mancini if he's available could be a good fit um i really like josh bell i, w- I would love to see him in a brewer's uniform um you know there's there there's there's ways that, that they could try to find some uh david Stearns doesn't really leave any stone uh unturned um, so, you know, Mancini's another guy that I think could be an interesting fit if the Orioles were willing to trade him, um, to this point, they really haven't been, uh, but he's another guy that I like along with Bell and Loriano, but those, but Bell and Loriano are really kind of the two main ones, uh, that I'm looking at at the moment. Once again, talking with David Gasper of reviewing the brew and the cold brew podcast, follow him on Twitter at dgasper 24 couple more here for you before we let you go. Do you Obviously, they brought in Jake McGee, but do you see them also adding maybe another bullpen arm as well? Yeah, they're, they're most likely going to be adding another bullpen arm. You know, it, it is going to help getting Jake Cousins and Justin Topa back. Those guys are, are getting close to returning from injury. That would certainly help. Uh, but I still see the Brewers most likely adding at least one bullpen arm uh, to help out that middle relief group and, and just kind of get some more uh, guys in there add to that depth that has really kind of been cut into uh, over the course of the season. So uh, they're they're, they're going to be looking to add in really kind of all facets. I think they're going to be adding a bat uh, for sure. I think they're going to be adding at least one bullpen arm for sure. 
And, you know, perhaps some starting pitching depth. We'll see. I mean, Ethan Small's first two starts haven't really gone as planned. Um, but still, you know, they, they could stick with him or they could try to get some additional starting pitching depth uh, from someplace else. But um, they, they're going to be looking. To, there's really kind of all facets of the roster that they could look to add to at the deadline. And obviously, in order to gain an asset at the trade deadline, the Brewers are going to have to give up a couple prospects now. I kind of want to get your thoughts because obviously Jackson Churio, the number one prospect in the Brewers organization, just got promoted to the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. But we had Vinny Rotino on a couple of days and we got his thoughts on like who he deems to be untouchable prospects in this organization. He uh, said Churio, you know, Sal Freelich, Joey Weimer, guys like that. Is there anybody that you think, although it is a short window that the Brewers have to compete for a World Series before worried about paying Burns and Woodruff and all that, do you think there's anybody in this organization that they need to keep before the trade deadline? From the prospects, yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with with Vinny there. Churio uh, has got to be untouchable. Same goes for Weimer and, and Sal Freelich. I think is probably going to be there. The only person I would trade anyone in that group for would be Juan Soto. Uh, for Juan Soto, nobody is untouchable. Right. But you know, I think we we both know and we all know the likelihood of the Brewers actually acquiring Juan Soto is pretty much nothing. Right. And one last thing for you here. David, we're talking with David Gasper, reviewing the Brew and the Cold Brew podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at DGasper24. Um, Tim Allen brought up something interesting because, obviously, Christian Yell has been doing a, a much better job since he got moved up to the leadoff spot, but we're still just waiting for that clutch hit late in the game and looking for the power to obviously come back. And Tim Allen brought something up that I would kind of want to get your thoughts on. He said, if you moved Christian Yelich up in the lineup to get him going on offense, would you be opposed to or would you think it's a good idea to move him back down to, like, let's say, fourth or fifth in the lineup to maybe get the run production going. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on that. No, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with where he is right now. And I think Yelich is comfortable with where he is right now. He's getting on base. He's producing, uh, he, he's getting hits and he's been getting a little bit more power, you know, more doubles power in the, in the last, uh, few weeks here or, or last few days. Um, and we really kind of saw on the YouTube broadcast on Wednesday, you know, he, he was talking about how he's now experimenting with a toe tap, kind of changed his his leg kick, his front load there. Um, so maybe he's making some changes there. And, and you know, once he did, he had got a couple of doubles, and um, you know, perhaps that, that power is going to end up coming back eventually. He's made he's making a few minor tweaks and, and changes there, so perhaps that could lead to the power coming back. But I'm I'm good just kind of keeping him where he's at in the leadoff spots. You know, he's, he's able to get on base plenty. Uh, he draws his walks. He's getting hits, so I'm comfortable with that. And then the power, I, I think you just kind of, kind of got to wait for that to come. And you know, trying to force it by by putting him in the fourth or fifth spot to just say, okay, now hit for power. You know, that that could end up making things perhaps a little bit worse. I agree with you. And before I let you go, David, we we're obviously talking about the great Adam Roberts, host of, or producer for the Wendy's Big Show. Hello and again, everyone. Hosting for me, obviously, this week. I figure we give him a chance to rebuttal because I don't want to just talk about his great Oktoberfest outfit, which if you haven't seen, we'll probably post later on in the fan account. But I did want to give you guys a chance to rebuttal and forgive Adam uh, a little bit of ch- a little bit of time here. Well, thank you. I wouldn't expect you, like I told you last night, to understand. But Dave... <laughs> Can back me up here. Now, as you probably mentioned, now I was dealing with some callers on our brand new state-of-the-art phone system here at 1250 AM The Fan. So I didn't hear what you were talking about before, but I have a pretty good idea of what it was. And listen, 
For those of you who are from the Milwaukee area and don't get out to the western side of the state all that often, there is a little thing we like to call Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. And it happens, it used to be a nine-day event, got whittled down to four days at the end of September, which I always found weird that it's at the end of September and not in, you know, October, but whatever. And traditionally, I would always, when I worked at my old station out in La Crosse, that first day of Oktoberfest on a Thursday would dress up in full later hosen garb. And so that's what I would do every Thursday of Oktoberfest while I worked at that station. And I did it when I was in college too. I would go to classes dressed up in my later hosen. And I know I was not the only person who did that. And Dave, feel free to back me up here. That festival in that city. It's a whole different animal, and people do get enveloped in it. And the amount of people running around State Street, Third Street, whatever, in Lederhosen is absolutely astronomical. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is. I mean, Oktoberfest is the, the big festival uh, for lacrosse. It is, it is lacrosse's summer fest, essentially. I mean, it is, it is everything around there. Everyone gets, gets involved, and there, there are a lot of people wearing Lederhosen. Exactly. Generally not... Generally, not as many uh, young people in the, in the college age realm, um, but there are a lot of people walking around in Lederhosen enjoying the German heritage. All right, David, we will make sure we keep uh, Adam Roberts in good spirits and all that. And I hope to see the Lederhosen one of these days, Adam. I mean, if you're doing it for the other stations and in college, you got to do it here eventually. Well, I do know Milwaukee has their well German Fest is this weekend. Right. I already told you I'm going to be there for you got the Docks one and day Derby for the weekend. Let's go, Adam. Chop chop. And we do have our own Oktoberfest here in Milwaukee as well. It's not as big as the one in Lacrosse, but I will dress up for that one and. I know usually we do cross paths anyway when we're doing our work here, so you will get to see me in full garb. Fair enough. You're welcome. Fair enough. David, we appreciate the time. We'll make sure we keep uh, Adam Roberts in good spirits and all that. Thank you for the time, David. Yeah, thanks, guys. October October's coming up fast. Yeah, get it ready. is. <laughs> Bye, Dave. That was David Gasper joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience the state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. It's funny, Adam, when you were you know getting our contestants' information for the four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. I was talking to David about any stories that he had, like John Papadopoulos, and he actually literally mentioned the same picture that I found last night of you and the leader. It's funny, and by all means, go ahead, throw it up there. It's no, totally if, fine. If you Google Adam Roberts lacrosse, it's the first thing that comes up on Google. So you can just Are find you it serious? yourself. It is. Hold on, hold on. We're All doing right, this typed live. in John Poplet. No, we're not doing it live. Yes, we are. But that was David Gasper of Reviewing the Brew and the Cold Brew Podcast. Always a good time to talk to him about the Milwaukee Brewers and get his thoughts on Aaron Ashby's extension and everything like that. Is it the first thing that pops up? No, it's not. Uh, the first four images that pop up are my LinkedIn picture which is a horrible shot of me in a suit and tie from the shoulders the second one Jeez. is a production image of me from wmcm tv at uw lacrosse the third is a wide profile banner style shot of me doing my old podcast i used to do at home and the fourth one is my old twitter profile picture when i had my long hair holding a glass of beer when i was doing my beer reviews back in the day 
I, but I do not see the picture you are mentioning. Look, at the end of the day, all I'm saying is I need to see the leader hosen. I'm starting to think that you got rid you of will? it. You will? No, it, that cost me a lot of money. That's legitimate leather. So it's still at my house, and I will wear it just for you. I'm a German guy, too, so I, I would definitely appreciate it. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We got a couple more minutes before the end of the, af- the fan afternoon show here today. I want to talk about something that just got announced yesterday, and we saw Leroy Butler all throughout the building, all throughout Wisconsin. Roy Butler's got his own exhibit at the Packers Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that and more coming up here on the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Final couple minutes before we wrap up today's show. Got a couple things we want to talk about, but Adam Roberts brought up something to my attention as we were going into the break. Apparently, as we all know, Rami Makhlouf is now in Sacramento, unfortunately wasting away talking about the Sacramento Kings, Oakland Athletics, and stuff like that, which I love Rami, but... Oof. I'm just joking. But anyways, um, Adam Roberts brought up the fact that Rami Makhlouf brought draft mockery with him to Sacramento. That is correct. I was just tuning into their little feed they do on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I heard a familiar phrase. It's going to be time for that little thing we call draft mockery. I was like, wait a minute. I've heard that before. Now, I will admit that it is a great segment and every radio station should do it. And every show should do it, including here on 1250 AM, The Fan. And once again, if you guys want to call in before the show ends, we got a lot to talk about. Alan Lazard, Packers training camp, wide receivers, David Bakhtiari, the Milwaukee Brewers, 414-677-1250. A new phone line here on 1250 AM, The Fan, 414-677-1250. But I'm kind of surprised that I haven't gotten an invitation yet from Rami Makhlouf hmm. for draft mockery. Could well, it be that I literally whooped him in every season of draft mockery and I am probably pretty much the king of draft mockery? Is that do you think that's it, Adam? You know what it is? I bet much like I eavesdropped on their YouTube feed, he probably has eavesdropped on our Odyssey feed, heard the standings and realized, oh wow, he's double digit wins. Yeah. Probably gonna be double digit plus one today. Yeah, I don't want that smoke. Nope. Jeez. Nope. 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 I'm kind of mad because I miss my guy, but at the end of the day, if he's not going to invite me, I mean, I guess we'll have to catch up with Rami Makhlouf eventually and have him on for Draft Mockery and hash things out. But before we leave and before we end our show today, I want to bring you guys' attention. There is a Leroy Butler Hall, you know, exhibit at the Packers Pro Football Hall of Fame. It opened up today. They had the grand opening. Leroy was there along with Packers President CEO Mark Murphy. The exhibit pays tribute to safety Leroy Butler, who played 12 seasons with the Packers, obviously. It is the fourth member of the Super Bowl 31 championship team to be voted into Canton. It tells the stories and, you know, his Packers career, including an in-depth look at the original leap Butler's humble beginnings growing up, remaining a fixture in the state of Wisconsin and becoming the first player in NFL history to record 20 interceptions and 20 sacks in a, in a career. So very cool for our own, very own Roy Butler of the Wendy's big show. I haven't been to the Packers hall of fame in a long time. So I think I'm going to make it a, an appointment next time I go up to a game there that I need to check out this little Roy Butler exhibit and very happy, obviously for Leroy. And I'm very happy that obviously he's getting enshrined to Canton, but I just thought I'd bring that to your guys' attention. If you haven't heard, if you're going up to Lambeau, if you're going to check out Packers training camp or stuff like that, make sure to check out that Leroy Butler, you know, leap exhibit at the Packers Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Leroy and very happy for him. But that'll do it for today's fan afternoon show. Once again, tomorrow afternoon, we'll have another shot for you guys to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. We'll also talk to Ryan Horvat of BetMGM tonight as well at 345 and much more in Packers training camp in the Milwaukee Brewers who take on the Boston Red Sox. For Sam Schmitz, Adam Roberts, that'll do it for today. Have a good one.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.